Hi, welcome to a new episode of Open World. So today we have the pleasure to have with us Rami Ismail. So um, Rami is a Dutch Egyptian, uh, Egyptian industry ambassador and independent game developer with over 20 titles across PC, console, web and mobile. His development of tools like the industry standard dropskit.com, his prolific and popular public speaking and highly regarded consultancy and insights have helped shape the industry in industry opportunities for game communities and independent game developers of any kind in any situation and anywhere pretty much. So hi <laughs> Rami, welcome to the show. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. Hi, yeah. It's uh it's a day, isn't it? It's another day. It's been many days. It's another day. Yeah, I know. And <laughs> 2020 is almost over. Can you believe that? I mean, I've literally been running the website is2020over.com, so I'm I'm very aware <laughs> of the slow, slow march of time this year. Um, it should start counting down very soon, where I programmed it to actually count down the last few days. So I hope people are excited oh, for really? that. Yeah. I've been following that website closely. I'm not <laughs> sure if you, Lore or Ali have seen it, but I'm going to share it with you guys. Um, yeah. He's done a remarkable job on keeping track of the all the particular <laughs> events that have happened throughout this it's been interesting a... year. There have been a few. It's been a it's been a remarkably depressing thing to keep up with because at some point when it, <laughs> it started as a joke, but then it started like gaining traction and people started emailing me every day with the worst news of the day with like, hey, should this be on the website? So for the past year, my mailbox is like, hey, we want to talk about this. Here's a business deal. Here's a team that needs some help. Did you read that like 500 people are homeless now? Uh, and it's just like, oh my God, why did I do this to myself? So, so you're keeping optimistic all through 2020, right? Well, I've, I've been I've been trying to just be like, hey, it'll be fine. But uh, God, a lot happened this year. It's, it's almost cartoonesque how much has happened in 2020. Well, yeah, absolutely. The good news is that when this episode goes live, it will be 2021. Happy so, New Year! Happy New Year, everybody! Nice, we made it. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> I hope there are still people to listen to this. <laughs> just this video cast playing into the void. Yeah, just. <laughs> this is what they so... find in millions of years when the aliens find Earth, and they're like, "Wow, this was the last. This was the last culture ever created." This was it. People. This is what they spent their time doing. <laughs> All right. I mean, it'll be it'll be a good it'll be a good podcast, honestly. So they'll they'll have a. Have a good time. It will be good, cool looking and interesting. That's for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we wanted to have you here, Rami, because, well, as you know, I'm pretty active in the indie community, especially in the Latin America and Argentina community. And through the years, I've, I'm tired of listening to indie developers that close the deal with a publisher and they handle the localization to the publisher. And whenever the, their game is launched, they get feedback from their audience and from their gamers saying that the localization is pretty much shit in Russian or in any other language that is not English. Right. <laughs> and so I wanted to know what are your thoughts on that and what would you recommend for the indie community to do in those cases? Because they are so afraid of bringing this subject because um, at the end of the day, the publisher is the one that's giving them the money and has a lot of power. And they have 
pretty much no control over what's going on on the localization front. So right. what are your yeah. thoughts on that? I mean, in general, what I would recommend for indies, especially if localization is important to them or if they feel if they want to make sure the localization is good, is that when you're negotiating with your publisher, make sure that there are some checks and balances on uh, on the localization done. Right. There's basically two major schools of how to get your game localized in indies. If it's a small game and you're a small developer that doesn't have a lot of funding or might not have a publisher, you see a lot of sort of community led uh, efforts. and. Even though those are usually uh, not professional uh, uh, localizers and they miss that sort of um, that ability to translate jokes, to translate specifics, sometimes those actually end up better than the teams that publishers work with just because the publishers sometimes just don't really care. And that's honestly unacceptable with how much good localization talent there is in the world and how many good teams there are. Um, that could do that work. So I think in, in many cases, it's just making sure that your publisher can't get away with just getting a localizer and not really checking it or doing localization QA, right? Like making sure that your localization is checked. Uh, and it's why so many games still end up with uh, broken Arabic, right? Like Arabic that on first glance, uh, even to a non-Arabic speaker, um, is wrong because it's just written the wrong way or the letters are not connected. It's just nobody's doing QA, nobody's checking for that. So um, enforcing a localization QA pass uh, in any publisher contract uh, is a good idea. Uh, that said, some of the better indie publishers actually have that in their in their process. And you know, if you if you're looking to work with a publisher, it's definitely something to to keep an eye out for. Like, how is their localization received? If that is important to you, if language is important to you, and it it should be, um, then that should be one of the things that you you check your uh, publisher for. Yeah, communication. Just making sure QA. Sorry. Right, it, and it's one of those things that makes so much sense, right? Like you, I think a lot of people are a little scared, honestly. Localization, yeah, that's right? the key, I think. Mm. Yes. They look at it and they're like, okay, we're going to get this thing done, and I have no good way of gauging whether it's good, right? Like, I just, I personally, like, if you speak English, right, and that's all you speak, and you get back this file in Arabic or, you know, Russian or French or whatever, and you look at it, and you're like, how do I get that it's okay? How do I know? <laughs> I, I can't actually verify <laughs> this. Um, right. So people kind of they feel they feel scared to look uninformed. Uh, so instead of checking it, they just go like, "Well, let's copy paste it." Um, and usually, you end up doing a, a, use, a huge disservice to to your game. Uh, honestly, uh, something you, you work, you know, years of your life on deserves that little extra check at the end to make sure that the language is correct. Um, and the language renders correctly, and the language is translated correctly, and the context of, of every sentence is correct. And I think a lot of that is just process that a lot of indies haven't gone through and haven't worked on. And um, for that reason, I think it's, it's important to talk about how to do it properly, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, if you're going to do it, you might as well do it right. Um, exactly. So you had touched on a couple of these topics in your 2015 GDC presentation called We Suck at Inclusivity. And we've all been talking about this a lot. We, 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 we love that. We've really been enjoying it. Um, and we're super excited to pick your brain about it a little bit more. And 
I know there's no single answer to this question, but what would you recommend to those of us like myself who are really quite privileged to be native English speakers living in a country with, you know, relatively easy access to the education and the resources necessary to get into the gaming industry? I mean, how can we suck less at inclusivity? Well, I think one of the first things is just to just do every time you go to anything that requires you to fill out something, just take a moment to see if there's any other language that is in, right? Um, and, and honestly, that is one of the biggest things that I've come across. Like over the years, I've worked with independent developers around the world, right? And not just in North America or Europe, but I've extensively traveled uh, South America, Africa, North Africa, the Middle East, Asia, and the, the Pacific region. I met with developers there that just... I couldn't necessarily speak to, right? Uh, I speak a little French, I speak a little German, I speak Arabic, I speak Dutch, I speak English, and some ancient languages that no longer exist. Um, Out of education, the Dutch teach a lot of languages because we're a tiny language and nobody speaks Dutch. So uh, instead, we get taught to speak all the other ones. Uh, But even then, it was hard for me to communicate in, in most of those places. And I would need translators. And the thing I realized is you can't really get a feeling for just how hard it is to communicate anything uh, unless you've ever been in the situation where nobody understands what you're saying. And if you're an English speaker, that is exceptionally hard, right? To end up in a location where nobody understands what you're trying to say. And the only thing you have left is like gesturing. Like you could go to the middle of, um, to the middle of nowhere in most countries, and you will still find somebody who at least has a little English and can go like left or right or uh, that way or sorry. Um, well, in most languages, you wouldn't even be able to know, for, for most people around the world, if they go to a country where they don't speak the language, right? they wouldn't even be able to communicate the word sorry uh, across that line. So one of the things that I've found is whenever you type anything into a field on a website or whenever you have to submit anything to uh, anything at all. Just look around and see if there's any way to do that in a different language, right? Uh, Because the reality is that even though most of the world speaks English at some level, it's usually not high enough to fill out uh, an entire form uh, of of complicated questions or to um, for talks, right? To communicate what a talk is about or for a game to uh, fill out the the requirement form that is like, okay, well, what game are you making? Um, And then we're just talking about the language, right? Like these are the language barriers. On top of that, there's the economical barriers, there's geographical barriers, there's a ton of other barriers that are out there, but just language um, is such an invisible barrier um, around the world to a lot of people that um, just making yourself aware of it is, is honestly quite, Fascinating. One thing I always recommend is for people to um, switch their keyboard to Arabic. Hmm. And then um, at Google, uh, right, instead of going to google.com, go to the Arabic Google page and just type something. Ready, Google? um, Guest appearance (laughs) by Google. Right. Um, (laughs) And then just browsing an Arabic website. Right, like a purely Arabic website, because a lot of those won't have an English language option either. And then just kind of good luck finding anything, right? Uh, or on the Arab on the Arabic Wikipedia, try to get to 
the um, the page for philosophy, right? Like the the joke on on Wikipedia is that every page eventually leads to philosophy, right? Uh, try and get to the Arabic page for philosophy uh, without ever cheating by looking at the English translation for the page, right? Um, that's how hard it is for a lot of people to navigate your, you know, a diversity page, like to submit to a diversity initiative or to submit to a game or to submit to a grant, submit to a fund, uh, submit a talk, give a talk. Um, that's how hard it is. And if it's that hard, then it's not fair, right? That's not how hard it should be. So um, I think the best thing you can do is put yourself in that situation and uh, genuinely just experience how distressing it is to, to realize that you are not, you're not even a consideration somewhere. Yeah, equalize the experience for everybody, right? I mean, optimally, everybody would have easy access to something, right? Um, but uh, the, the, the difference at how much, the, diff the difference in accessibility is so enormous that it's not even on the radar. Uh, for most people, like most people have never considered language and that talk, uh, the, the, the we suck at inclusivity talk um, and how language creates the largest invisible um, minority for games. Um, I get a lot of messages from people still that are like, yep, we had literally never considered that. This seems to be a problem. How do we fix it? And it's like, well, that's how invisible it is. Like even the most, even the most well-intended people um, forget about the world, right? Uh, because English does well enough for them. That's, uh, it's a shame. Yeah, I mean, it's, f it's five years old and it's relevant still today. <laughs> it's never good yeah. news. <laughs> um, on that note on making, I mean, I was thinking about games, but in making things more inclusive, right? Let, let's talk about games. Um, what would you say that it's the most difficult aspect for titles, right? Mostly, most indie titles, I mean, a bunch of them don't really have text or conversations or that much uh, words to localize, right? Right. But what about those games that are based on non-spoken or non-written languages? What things uh, they should what? consider? What, what do you think that it's the, the, the most difficult aspects? So the, the thing is that there's two sides to this discussion, right? You've got the um, Western-inspired, Western-based games that need to localize into other, to other cultures and languages, and then you've got the non-Western-made or inspired games that have to localize into uh, the Western market. And it turns out that the one way is relatively easy, right? If you want to go from a Western-inspired game about Western mythology, Western culture, Western history, to any other culture or language, that's relatively straightforward, right? Like we all know what a dollar means, even without expressing what a dollar is. And we all know what an interstate is um, mm -hmm. without having to explain that this is a big road that people travel large distances on and that it has sort of like this mythology of road trips to it. Like we all know that because we've seen Home Alone, right? We've seen yeah. Die Hard. We've watched, um, we've watched the movies with, you know, the big dusty road onto the horizon uh, <laughs> yes. with like a little hay bale, like going across, like we know instantly <laughs> what it means, right? You can imagine, mm -hmm. but like, seriously, if I tell you, like, imagine an intersection there and it's like one interstate with two dusty roads left and right, I can ask you to imagine the mailbox and I can guarantee you that I know which mailbox you're imagining, right? And it's a yeah. little rusted and a little crooked and the door is a little open and there might or might not be a little flag there. It might've fallen off as well. Right. Um, 
But you can imagine that. If I asked you the exact same thing in the Netherlands, nobody would know, right? So for somebody to use that sort of cultural shorthand um, becomes really hard for other places. So this question has two sides, because you go, okay, how do you culturalize and localize a product made in a culture that most of the world understands and has a feeling with? Um, the question is relatively simple. You make sure that the text that there is communicates well, right? And that there is nothing that is um, specifically upsetting to a specific culture in there, right? Um, for our games, for example, as, a, as an Arab Muslim, um, we've done a lot of post-apocalyptic games, right? And in most Western-based post-apocalyptic fantasies, alcohol would be a relatively big presence, right? Like an empty bottle, a beer here, or something there to deal with the stress of the world. Um, none of my work has ever included that. Right, like none of the games I've worked on, even though it was not Arabic productions or Muslim productions, but it just didn't make sense for me to make a game in which you deal with loss or hurt by including alcohol, because that's not what I would do. Right, um, so it's not just language that localizes, right? That that uh, that has to translate across. So from from Western to other places, mostly just don't don't make people angry. Uh, the other way around, though, is much harder because if you want to translate a certain feeling um, that is culture-based or, or locale-based, uh, you want to express a phrase that only works in one language uh, or that only works with the cultural understanding of that language, it goes a lot harder. Um, like if I told you that there was sort of a slang in Arabic that sort of denotes um, the poorer part of the population, you would be able to translate that to, to an English thing, but it wouldn't be the same. It would be close, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't have that connotation, right? The, the same connotation that it would have um, in Arabic. And I, I think um, in Arabic, we have a phrase, right? Like, I hope you bury me. Uh, which sounds really dark. Like, I, I hope that you bear yes, me. Yes, it kind of does. <laughs> but it's actually meant as a compliment, right? Like, I would much rather you bury me than me have to deal with the pain of burying you. Um, right, okay. Which is actually meant as, like, a loving statement. Good luck translating that, right? Like, good, no. Right. Yeah. Like, good, good yeah. luck finding a way to communicate something that is so based on the idea of death and love uh, in a specific culture, a culture that treats those things very different to the Western one that most of us are familiar with, and just realize that we're losing games there, right? Because those games don't get made. The amount of indies I talk to that um, Coffee Talk from, from Toge Productions in, in Indonesia, for example, wonderful game about uh, running a, a, a cafe um, here, this is a Dutch consideration, right? I wanted to say coffee shop, but in the Netherlands, a coffee shop sells weed, not coffee. So I, I, right. I stop and go cafe. cafe. Um, um, but like a place where you buy coffee in Seattle, mm -hmm. right? Instead of in Jakarta or Indonesia, because explaining their world was complicated enough without also having to explain their culture, their locale. But, so they kind of sneak yeah. it in. Um, right. So many games get set at the safe location because it's it's easier. It's hard. It's risky enough making games, especially if you're in emerging territory, especially if you're in a place where the industry isn't that strong yet. Um, you know, it, and it hurts. It hurt, like it genuinely hurts seeing that these developers have to make these yeah. choices. And I don't, I don't hold it against Doge to 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 do that because of course you do. 
it's hard enough. Right. Come on. Uh, but it would be good if there were if there were ways around that. And I, I think it's just empowering the developers around the world, like give them the safety and the security to to take those risks. Because um, I can't wait for those, right? I can't wait for the small stories from different cultures, right? Uh, from the right variety of cultures around the world. Uh, last week, we were talking with Daniel Monasterios from Brazil, and he is eager to make a game that is based specifically on Brazil. Specifically in Brazil. And, yeah. Sao Paulo culture. Right. <laughs> yeah. Sao Paulo culture. Of course, Sao Paulo culture. But that's it, right? That That's the wonder. Like, that's the wonder of our medium is if you play a game, you become the people in it, right? And you yeah. assume that role. That's, that's the beauty of it. But I've been in... I've been in Western boots too often, like genuinely, like I'm, I'm, my feet are tired of them. I just want somebody else. Like, you know, they say like, you can be in anybody's shoes. I don't know. Anybody looks a lot like the same people to me. Um, I'm just a little tired of it. Uh, and I think that's, uh, I, I didn't realize how tired I was of it when I gave that talk. I was just angry, right? I gave that talk because I was angry that we were, the industry was so proud of its inclusivity. And I'm like, Hello. Yeah. Have you met Hi. all of Earth? Um, <laughs> right. But um, now I'm just sad because I know every year that passes, uh, we've missed on like dozens of games like that, where somebody set up with that idea. And I hope, I hope it works, right? I hope this game works. But usually it gets watered down so much to make it uh, palatable, or, or in the translation, so much is lost because it gets westernized to to be understandable or simplified to to not be as dependent on understanding the culture that it's a shame um so i hope i hope for a stubborn brave game um that is yeah, without excuses and apologies about sao paulo that'd be nice i'm, no, I'm I mean, here in he... oh go ahead ale no no please let it I was just going to say, I'm, I'm here in Wisconsin, the United States, and in a rural part of Wisconsin on top of it. I mean, I, I'm in an area where people think that even going to Chicago is a giant culture shock. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's very needed. And it would, be, it would be refreshing to get something actually right. different. You know, we're, we're so set in our ways here. Like you said, I mean, there's just so much out there. Right. And the thing is, like, the, the, one of the sad things about this, one of the difficult things about this one is that America is not monolithic either, right? Like the U.S. is, right. I should stop saying America. I've been, I've, 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 I'm making an, an intentional effort to stop saying America and start saying the U.S. Uh, a few years ago, I was doing an interview after a panel I did, uh, a panel called One Reason to Be at GDC, where I brought developers from all around the world to talk about the opportunities and challenges of making games in the countries they're from. And afterwards, one of my favorite journalists was interviewing that group, and he said, like, and he asked one of my, my speakers from South America, yeah, so, so how does it feel to be in America? And the guy looks at me, he's like, I was born in America. Right. Like, you, were, you were born here? He's like, no, I was born in South America. That's also America. Like, I don't know why, why you all keep saying America. Uh, like, I'm, I'm from America. He shared with me this amazing cartoon of Captain America. I'm sure you've seen it, um, where... Captain America, it's, it's in Spanish, I think, and it, it has um, Captain America, right, uh, at a mm -hmm. desk with his name tag, and somebody yeah. calls and it's like, Captain America, Captain America, come help. 
And Captain America was like, "What? Where can I help? Uh, what can I help with?" And it's this old lady, and she's like, "I'm in, I'm in Chile. Uh, somebody stole my bag." And he's like, "No, I'm, uh, you don't understand. I'm Captain America." She's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, Chile, America, America." <laughs> and he's, the next frame is him looking at the world map, and then the final frame is him sitting at his desk, and now the name text says Captain United States. Um, <laughs> and I, he sent that to me, and I, I've laughed about it's it. So sad because it's like that. <laughs> it is exactly true, right? I don't. If, if I should laugh or if I should like <laughs> be sad about it or something, but it, it it it's funny or it's sad because it's true. Right. I mean, either way, either way that it struck you, it, it's true. So um, um, the United States is not monolithic, right? So even right. within the United States, there are so many narratives and stories that we've never heard um, that that deserve to be celebrated. At the same time, part of me is like. Even when it comes to that, um, there is a, that, that cultural shorthand that we had that we talked about before. Part of that still remains in those stories, right? Um, I will one hundred percent champion games from from not the usual places in the United States, and there's so many cultures and so many places out there. But that would be such a minor fix to a major problem, right? Giving those people the ability to tell their stories is important, and it should happen. But if that's where we stop, if that's where we go, like we fixed it, then we didn't. We we just this we did like the simplest fix to to the entire problem. Um, this why I got a, a nice Sorry. first step, right? Like right, maybe a nice first step, first step. Right, um, every step is a good step. I've I've stopped. I used to think that the only way you fix things is by fixing them. And I've come to realize that that's not how it works. You fix things very slowly, very painfully, very tiny steps. And it's taken me 10 years, right? Like I've, I've worked on this problem for 10 years, uh, no, seven years to, to be really fair, of going to all these places around the world. And I've helped set up developer communities and developer associations. I've connected people that normally would not be able to go to events with events. I've connected them with publishers. I've scouted for people. Um, and I've made maybe like 1% progress, right? Like you look, you look back and it's like the, the change is minimal. But then at the same time in South America, you see that they've realized that one of their biggest strengths in the region is that they all understand each other. And you get this amazing collaborative effort across the entire continent of South America where just people are like collaborating with each other and like helping each other out. There's a few countries up in the north of South America, I guess, that, that aren't fully included but in that. But most of the continent is working together at this huge push, uh, presenting, helping each other. Um, and it just makes me happy to see that, right? Like, because the first times I went to the, the continent, it was like cities. Cities have communities, right? And they were not talking to each other. And now you're looking at it, and it's just like, wow, like the, the momentum here is incredible. Um, and I could have been sad about, you know, only being able to help in tiny cities every now and then. But you see that these small changes create awareness, right? And awareness changes the world in general. So um, awareness is increasing, but long way, because we're not talking language is one of the most complicated topics on Earth. I like it for localization, like the amount of respect I have for anybody in localization is just through the roof, right? Like it's, <laughs> I, just, I do not understand how you do your job because the amount of... Well, we can be hours talking about localization for sure. <laughs> right. The amount of weight there is to a word, 
right? Beyond just the meaning of it is is preposterous. Right? It just and it's so easy to forget um, that the way people express themselves through language is so soft. Language is so soft. It's so undefined. It's so you know, like using a word in the wrong way can be meaningful. But how do you translate that across? Right? How do you how do you do that? How do you translate that to another language? Uh, that's the beauty of localization and the job of uh, every single linguist out there that is working their mind. So wonderful. <laughs> anyway, this this was fun. Absolute pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so much. much fun. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you very much, Rami. Yesterday, and well, hope you have um, a lovely holiday season, and hope to see you again next time, hopefully in person, because uh, last time we had a great time at Mendoza, uh, at the Eva Mendoza. Right. Uh, so I really look forward to seeing you soon, and take care, stay safe, wear a mask, <laughs> right. and yeah. and see you around next time. See you next Bye, time, people. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.